It's The Drive with Matt and Jason on Sports Radio 1260 WNDE. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Heated Agreements, a very special reunion edition. Uh, not for this show, but for the one, uh, you know, from my previous life on the air. Uh, I'd like to welcome my former co-host from The Drive with Matt and Jason. Since I'm Matt, obviously, he would be Jason. Jason Hoffsetz, thank you for, for joining me today. It was definitely a darker past. <laughs> well, um, you know, pretty much everything free now for me. Every day is a new beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think, yeah. Or is it the, everyone's saying, I think it's appropriate. Um, it's Groundhog's Day. We're, we're literally living Groundhog's Day, the movie, over and over and over again. But not the second half where he kind of gets it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it. no, there's no getting it. No, there, no one's getting this. In fact, I think it was almost the opposite. I think when this first started, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, this is like a, a long-term vacation. Uh, I get to do everything. I get to hang out with the family. I can just do yard work. And then it turns into the first half of Groundhog's Day where you're just like, oh, my God, this is so repetitive. I feel like I've eaten the same meal 20 times in a row. Yeah, you, you really find out what your limited um, palate, uh, how, how limited your palate actually is currently. Because it's like, well, he made that two weeks ago, you know. And, and especially with kids, you mm-hmm. have younger kids, um, it's probably a tougher thing. Even older ones are picky, but, I mean, you really got to satisfy those little ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've got a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So a lot of times I make three different meals every night for dinner. I've got what, what my wife and I have, what my four-year-old has, and then what my one-year-old can eat. Uh, fortunately, today, you know, we pulled out all the stops and had mac and cheese and fish sticks. So that was able to at least, uh, you know, suffa- or suffice for three of us. Was there a pause between mac and cheese and fish sticks? Because it sounded like you were saying, yeah, we eat mac and cheese fish sticks. <laughs> well, yeah. I told you, you're running out of options. So to spice up the mac and cheese, sometimes you just throw everything in there. Uh, yeah, you know, trying I've to figure out how many different vegetables you can you can make it you know seem healthy. Yeah, they do get creative with mac and cheese anymore. That's for sure. Whether it be on a sandwich or actually deep fried mac and cheese, like beyond the thing. fair, they do that kind of stuff. I think so. Yeah, mm, for sure. Speaking of fair, for do you sure. think there's going to be one this year? Man, there's so many things that are going to change, and um, that was kind of one of the things I sent you was, you know, what are life adjustments, and there are so many, you don't realize how many things you go to in a big crowd, because all those things as of now are gone, Um, you know, whether it be a vacation coming up, um, whether it be going out to lunch, as simple as that is. Or, you know, annual traditions like the fair or, hey, me and my dad always go to one, you know, Colts game or one Pacer game a year. And there's all kinds of things or actually a better example might be a baseball game Mm because that's what would be coming up and what's hasn't even started yet. Um, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of this. Honestly, it's just you gotta be tolerant of what's happening and you gotta, you're finding out how well you can adjust. Well, one thing I've thought from the very beginning is the longer this goes on, the, the harder it's going to be for people to get back to normal, especially if we go through a, a prolonged set, you know, time where we have to wear masks. Because I've already noticed how self-aware you've become of anybody and how close you are to anyone, whether it be like I'm outside mm-hmm. doing uh, 
you know, mowing my lawn and my neighbor comes outside and I'm thinking, oh my God, you know, I, I need to time this right so that my mower doesn't get too close to them. And it's my neighbor from outside who's been quarantining too. So the yeah. likelihood that either of us have anything is is nil or that we pass it outside. But, you know, jogging on, there's a, a path by me, a jogging path called the Monon Trail. And on there, you can see people eyeballing each other from a long way away. Normally it's like eyes down, I'm doing anything or maybe a friendly wave. There's no waving. There's It's eyes locked and you're both like playing a game of, of germ chicken on who can get the furthest away, who's going to make the first move to avoid the other. And if we're doing that outside on an individual basis, I mean, how's it going to be when you're in at a state fair or or a college campus where you're walking around just surrounded by people? I mean, it's, it's going to send everybody into an anxiety fit. It, it could. And, it, and you, you brought up a point I was thinking about was eye contact. Never has there been such high quality eye contact like there is now when you're with someone um, outside of your mm-hmm. um, usual house, you know, like just going to the grocery, you know, you're like, all right, I got to be respectful of this person, whether it is your neighbor who you, you know, your neighbor who's been quarantining, you could probably just like, you know what, come over to our house. We've both been doing the same thing. We're probably both fine, mm-hmm. but there's this, there are so many invisible walls up right now. It's fascinating to me. I mean, it, it's to the point now to throw back to, you know, what was the last major like pandemic you can think is is like maybe you know when AIDS first came out and and the the line was always you're not just sleeping with your partner you're sleeping with everybody they've ever slept with well now it's like you're around everybody they've ever been <laughs> sneezed on or or everybody they've ever shaken hands with is is when you're shaking their hands and you're just it, it it's almost like a paranoia and even though your mind's telling you there's no way I should be getting this just by, by having this conversation with this person, you're thinking, all right, how hard are they breathing? Was that a sniffle? Are they, gonna, are they about to sneeze? I'm going to take a step back. Have you gotten to the point where you don't look up information as much or read social media about it? Have you, have you, have you hit the peak? You're like, I'm kind of over it. Absolutely. And now I'm just in the, I'm in the dealing with it phase. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to wait around for my phone to alert me that there's some positive news. So I'll check an alert, but... I'm not, I'm not reading stories. I'm trying not to, I mean, I'll watch some of the news conferences that, that they have, you know, maybe catch a few minutes for the, almost for the entertainment factor, because what new information are you ever getting from those other than uh, political talking points from either side? But yeah, I just, it, it's too, it drives you too crazy and it gets you too freaked out. I mean, you read one day that you got to wash your groceries if you have it delivered to you. And then the next day is, well, it's too late. You already, you already brought them in your house. You're probably dead anyway. <laughs> yes, you're probably dead anyway. That's exactly <laughs> you're, if you're reading this, what you're the probably said. dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a whole, it's interesting. The new, I feel like the new, the little bit of reading I do, it, it, we've gone from social distancing to, hey, how about um, maybe, was it herd immunity? Herd immunity. That's the next big, we love our two our two word phrases, which I, I was uh-huh. a big fan uh, well, I used to say I was uh, after two words you've lost me. With no, no, your no. Phrase. That's all. No, that's all I need. Um, what did I usually say? I was obnoxiously practical, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah, you get everything across yeah. in two words. Two words. That's all you need. So yeah, herd immunity is the next big thing happening, and so so it's. I feel like is it, are we going to flip a switch? And 
Everyone outside. <laughs> everyone hug everyone. High fives all around. Well, what they'll do is they'll do another executive order to where it's like, no, it's like they had to stay at home. Now it's the get outside. So if the yeah. police come by and make sure that everybody's outside hugging and kissing each other, you know, to really spread <laughs> that disease. Because it's it's weird. I was... <laughs> Bad. feels like sorry it feels like a simpsons episode you know all right go over there and hu- hug him kiss him you know just kind of just something <laughs> he's uh, not like, hugging him enough <laughs> yes, really get exactly. in there <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you my thank you for making my quimpy. terrible my bare essential uh thought actually making it funny <laughs> so thank you <laughs> it is just like the old days mm-hmm. uh the uh yeah it, it's I don't know. It's it's really going to be weird to get everybody out. And the whole herd immunity thing, back when I was kind of looking at, at news, and it seemed like every day somebody was sharing another news article on Facebook. But there was one that was talking about the, the pandemic of the Spanish flu in 1917 and how different cities reacted and how uh, what the curves were, uh, mortality rate and all that, for, you know, comparing each city. And what they were trying to display in the article was that the ones that closed down had fewer cases but that the ones that stayed open had a huge spike. But what I took from it that they didn't address in the article was that all the ones that closed down, though they had a, a flatter first curve, had a way bigger second wave, whereas mm. the ones that had the huge spike at the beginning hardly had any second wave. So I took from right. it, like, is herd immunity, should that have been the way to go? And yeah, you get that big spike, but the likelihood that there's going to be a second and third wave is lessened. Yeah, I don't um, I don't envy the people that have to make decisions, even President Trump, who loves the spotlight, of course. Um, But there's no right answer. It's like, well, there's going to be a lot of people die. Somebody said this could have been over and done with basically in four to five weeks. If you get to whatever it is, somewhere in the 70 to 80 percent infection rate, infection rate, you know, you and I most likely would have been fine. Right. Um, but you would have lost a lot of old people. Oh, okay, you should have left the school. I mean, like closing the schools was a terrible idea. Yeah, in a way, but, you know, those little kids do have see their grandparents, mm-hmm. or should we just have quarantined anyone over 60? What was the answer? I, we don't know. Do you know personally? We don't know. Do you know anybody personally or within your circle who's been who's gotten it or affected or had to go to the hospital? Yes, I, I, I do know someone, not super close but yes i know someone who who did get it contracted it and is now recovered see i had um a relative of mine worked in an essential business or it was deemed essential had to keep working and uh this relative actually contracted it and it turns out that i think maybe eight other people in the office also contracted it um two of which were hospitalized one passed away oh my goodness and so uh, and this relative is still kind of recovering. Like it's been going on 20 days. And it's, um, I asked I asked this person um, what, I'm being very vague because, you know, I don't know whether I'm part of HIPAA. I don't know how. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, si- you didn't sign anything. <laughs> That's right? right. I'm spilling it all. Uh, no, so, so this person, I said, in the early stages, would you have still gone to work feeling the way you did? And they said, absolutely, I would have, you know, not, not because it was COVID-19, but it had it been like the flu or a cold, you know, back before all this, you know, cause I think everybody has done that. You know, you want to be the champ, you want to be the warrior for your team. You feel like you got the sniffles or whatever you go into work. 
They said, yeah. But as it progressed, like probably day 10, it started to feel worse and it felt like a really bad flu. And then uh, the, it's weird in that you start to make a rebound and then around day 12, 14, you start to get worse again. And that's when the two uh, other people had to go to the hospital. So there was a real fear like, oh my gosh, is this going to happen to this person? But uh, they are now on the rebound and feeling better. But there's a whole thing about once the, when you, you got tested and so you got it. But they don't test you again, at least where we are, to see if you don't have it. So they just say, oh yeah, you can, um, you know, you can come back out of your quarantined room when... Um, when you three days after you stop feeling symptoms, but you're so paranoid. Like, when is that? Because this person has a spouse and they don't right. want to, you know, there's what's weird about this disease. The spouse could have already had it and just never known. could have been asymptomatic, mm-hmm. but you don't know. Would, um, is this person still feel like they need a lot of sleep? Yeah. Still tired, but, um, and slept a lot. Yeah. That's what I heard. Even a couple weeks later, a lot of sleep is still necessary. And what's crazy is that early on, everything was ventilators, ventilators. we got to have ventilators. And now you're starting to see stories where they're saying, well, maybe it's the ventilators that are killing a lot of these people. That it's causing, that it's making it to where their body's having a harder time fighting off the disease at that crucial time. So Mm -hmm. there's so much we don't know. And that that was what bothered me from the beginning is we had all these models that we built on data that we didn't really seem to have a lot of. Or data that we were just kind of getting from China, which it turns out maybe wasn't the most reliable source. Huh? Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, there's going to be books and books and studies and probably a few PowerPoint presentations put together about this whole you know situation in the, the years that follow, because this is just unprecedented and crazy. So what has your if we can kind of make this a little more personal between you and I, mm-hmm. um, albeit publicly um, and, and a little background, Matt and I used to have lunch four out of five days a week. We kind of figured out we probably had lunch 2,000 to 2,500 times in our how many ever years we worked together uh, over a course of maybe Like 12, 13 years. years, yeah. Yeah, something in there. The early days were a little more, um, I had to go to you. Right. Uh, but once we got in the same <laughs> I building. I wasn't yeah. one to get out. I was yeah, early well, self-quarantining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what adjustments have you personally had to make do you feel, I mean, what are the big three, if you will? Um, well, not going into the office. I mean, it's been since my time in between, uh, in my, my kind of two lives, there was my my time in radio working with you and, you know, going into the office. And then I had a span of about a year where I was in between careers, where I was doing some freelance before I got into more marketing and, and retail, um, where I worked at home a lot. And I was never one to do that. So I've always been one to like get up and go to an office. Yeah. So not doing that for what seems like going on six weeks now has been a major adjustment. And I think that's one of the things that's going to be hardest about getting into again is just getting into that rhythm. Cause I'm, I'm sort of a, uh, even though I don't like to do the same things all the time. I do like having sort of a cadence to my day. Like I go and get coffee at the same time. I go, I may take a different way to get there because I don't like that, but I like having somewhat of a routine. So sure, not having a routine is a big thing. Um, and then I, I love going to the grocery store. Like that's one of my things that just like I enjoy doing. And so I would rarely ever buy big batches of groceries at any given time. I would go... You know, maybe maybe two, maybe three times a week. My and my wife hates that, 
but sure. I, I love going there and just like browsing. I don't really know what I want until I see it. And now I'm having to do these big bulk orders and have it delivered, and it's just a real pain in the ass. So um, those are those are probably the two big ones. And it's you know now they're saying like the grocery stores the the, most, the highest possible chance you could get to get the disease. So kinda yeah, that's um, the only place that allows multiple people. Now and so and where I work is pretty much like they they furloughed the entire company. So you know we're reliant on mall traffic and we're reliant on sports which are two of the first things to go right so it right. was uh so you know not having that even you know not having sports which has been a big part of my life from when we used to do a sports show all the way through where i work now where sports is kind of our bread and butter so so that those are probably the big 3 you know lack of sports grocery shopping and and not having a routine yeah lack of sports Man, um, I could have swore I told my phone to stop its notifications. Um, I don't Phones know don't listen. I know. Um, yeah, the lack of sports. I mean, and I'm a I'm a sports guy, and I love and enjoy sports. I go to a lot of sports, but I don't ever feel like I'm consumed with it, um, unless it's you know the NCAA tournament, yada yada, you know. Uh, but man, it is it is a tough thing to not have right now. Um, I mean, even a baseball, a casual baseball fan, I mean, that can fill an hour or two of just dead space in your day. Mm-hmm. That's not on. The absolute worst timing for the NCAA tournament, which is, to me, for my money, the best three weeks of sports. Uh, with the NFL playoffs, a close second, but it's still the NCAA is just the best. I mean, it was just the absolute worst timing. Oh, absolutely! For absolutely, basketball. could not have been worse. It was. I think it was. I think it was actually five weeks ago yesterday, the Wednesday. Um, the Big Ten tournament played two games. Tom Hanks got um, the coronavirus in Australia, and the NBA started canceling the games that night. So, what do you think was the big tipping point? Was it NBA or was it Hanks? What what was, set people over the edge? <laughs> <laughs> what was the what was the final I, I, straw? Honestly. Honestly, find me a better combo, okay? Yeah. The 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 NBA canceling and then Hanks, I mean, was kind of the cherry on top in a way. And it's like and he was in Australia. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. He was in another country. I mean, that guy's impervious to anything bad happening to him, right? In our mind other than a FedEx plane going down in a <laughs> remote island. But well, in that movie he did with the Wachowski siblings. <laughs> like yeah. Juniper Juniper uh, like I can't even think of the name of it. It was some terrible. Oh, like not Atlas Shrugged, but something along those lines. Some some convoluted okay. plot, right? Um, but no, I mean, it, it was kind of wild. When I looked back on it, like a day or two later, I was like, "Man, the world!" And it, there was like a five-hour window where a world as we knew it changed instantly on that on that Wednesday afternoon evening. So it's it's different, but I can equate it to be somewhat the same in that I remember where I was when I first got that news about the NBA and all that. Um, it's funny because when it's almost like it was with 9-11. With 9-11, I was with the Bob and Tom show. I was working downtown Indianapolis. And you know back then, I think it was, it was obviously it was 2001, I was going to say. I think it was around 2001. Uh, it was... <laughs> And it was, I think September, it was, might have been September fall. 11th, yeah. uh, but I had one of those little portable TVs that were, it was mm-hmm. called a Watchman, and it was gray, it had a little tiny screen smaller than a Game Boy, and I had that set up on my desk because I was, you know, listening to the show remotely, following it for for the website, and they mentioned that a plane hit, so I thought, okay, I'm going to turn on Good Morning America, 
and see what was going on. And I remember sitting there at that desk and watching the second plane hit. And so with this one, I was, you know, standing up at my desk. We have, you know, in our office, we have big screens everywhere. You know, times have changed in the 20 years from what a watchman sure. to now uh, LEDs on, on every wall. Uh, but them announcing that they were closing the season and then the, the pandemic reports happening and all that just, you know, congregating with like everybody got up kind of like 9-11 where we just kind of got up and came together and we're all watching the same TV. And it was just very surreal. Yeah. Yeah. It was like as, as a sports fan and being a, a Midwesterner, uh, it was the Big Ten tournament, which we were, you know, actually IU won an actual Big Ten tournament game. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and all, uh, all it took was being, you know, the threat of no fans, and they were like, yeah, oh, we're yeah. going to pull this one out. But there still was that glimmer of, okay, well, they'll shut down the tournament, and they'll figure this out, the, the Big Ten tournament, and they'll figure this out, and we'll do the, you know, the big dance next week. You yeah. know, there's just, I mean, that's hope of spring, spring's eternal, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, come on, we got to do this. And then when it was canceled, it was just like a you know, a punch to the gut as a fan, you know, and my team wasn't even going to be in the tournament. Most yeah. likely it just, you just love that, that whole atmosphere they provide. And well, think of uh, gambling and gambling sites. Oh my gosh. And, and think how big gambling got in the yeah. last year. I mean, just think these guys were projecting, Oh my gosh, month to month. And this, this month of March is going to be quadruple what we've done the last six months, yeah. you know, whatever that is. Zero. I mean, squashed to zero. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of industries were. I mean, you have companies that were riding high saying this is the best quarter, best three quarters we've ever had. Mm -hmm. And then in the span of a week, sorry, we got to furlough everybody or we're shutting down or, and it's just, it's so crazy that it's not bad business decisions or anything like that. It was just an unknown force came and just wiped everything out. So for the rest of our lives, ideally, we're only about halfway through our lives. Hopefully, yeah. Depending on I how many times be, you go to the grocery store. I might I might be a little past it because I'm a little bit older than you, but um, is for the rest of our lives, is everything, every business, every little decision, hey, is this is this pandemic proof? Is this idea? Is this thought? Is this business plan? Can the, if all of a sudden it things stop instantly, are you going to get through it? You know what? I think people, at least in the short term, because uh, I think it will affect probably like the the people who are considered the greatest generation, the ones who went through the Great Depression. They would have been great grandparents for us. Um, I had. They would have been recall, kids maybe during that. Yeah, my my I had a grandfather. I just always remember he was born in 1919, so he was a teenager in the Great Depression. This is my mom's dad, so it kind of gra- grandparent era, for sure. I think it's going to depend on how we come out of it, but a lot of companies will probably start saving more, at least in the short term. And I think it took, you know, after 9-11, what what do you think? Like before it felt normal again to travel or. Yeah, I wasn't traveling at the time much, um, but I would, I mean, I don't know. Seemed like the result, it took them a while. Like you say, it takes a while to evolve and figure it out so it took time you know rules were changing constantly oh you can take you can't take anything over three ounces and all these little rules and the shoe thing and then you know it was probably a solid year or two right before it felt kind of normal yeah i think there will probably be 
I don't know so much like I'm thinking businesses, but anywhere like mass gatherings, like like one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, since we've been talking about sports, what do sports look like on the other side of this? You know, it's already been a problem where they've been seeing uh, attendance drop at a lot of these venues because just naturally people watching on TV and everything. Does this start to kill people going to these big, gigantic stadiums? I mean, they just built one in Los Angeles and Oakland that were supposed to be these huge palaces. And now Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Las Ve- and when are people going to go? I don't know. And just think that was a lot of those are public money, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see I did read something today that this was an outside source saying Disney and the NBA are a perfect match because they have this NBA experience thing down in Disney, down in Florida. Um, that's fairly new, and they're thinking about, you know, they have all the housing ability with all the hotel rooms and, and um, um, vacation club places and that kind of thing for all, all the teams. So they might, who knows, there could be crowdless games with the teams playing on the same court that they can, I assume, sanitize after every game, whatever. Now at Disney, um, are they but, going to add in the world of tomorrow, like everybody wearing masks? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, but there's going to be, I thought I saw something too. You're going to have to start carrying your immunity card. And I was like, man, I feel like, I feel like we're doing, I don't know. Society's taking a step backwards. I feel like it because, because you know, the, we, every year we have to deal with the flu. I know Mm -hmm. we keep comparing it to flu and I'm not going to get into it too deep, but that flu changes year to year. Well, this COVID-19 most likely will morph and change over years, right? Mm-hmm. So that immunity card and all these things that people are talking about, I don't think it's going to carry a lot of weight long term. No, and I think it'll be like how, like going back to post 9-11 and how strict everything was travel-wise. I mean, you couldn't do anything. Security took forever. And then over time, it started re- you know, being a little less and less to where now it feels almost like it did pre <clears throat> without the smoking. Uh, but like, I think when people fly, you'll probably have a mask now next to the vomit bag. Like in case, mm-hmm. like I think they'll provide it. And then sporting, you know, do they start removing seats? Do they start like spreading out the seats a little bit more? Do they have, uh, I saw a thing from American airlines saying that they were moving. They were removing a lot of middle seats from their airplanes hmm. to help with social distancing. And, well, then how are you going to – you're recycling air. I mean, that's part of the problem with a flying is you're all mm-hmm. breathing – eventually you're all breathing everybody else's air by the end of it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, after a couple hours. Unless they you know, they, they take out the coffee filter that they use as a filter for the air and you know, maybe put in something a little bit more Hey, that dynamic. is 0.2 microns, okay? That's um, – <laughs> Is that like the, what is it, the N94? Is that the name of the mask that everybody wants? Uh, the N95, yeah. Which 95, I have too, oh yeah, the 94 I, I, you can't I, find anymore. It's no, the no. 95. That's, that's the last year's model. <laughs> yeah. No, we're, we were playing, we're supposed to be flying this July for a family vacation. And as each day goes by, there's kind of like that little uh, in your brain. It's like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Now, the, the so. other part of me, so you know, sports and flying and all that, Disney World, we could go the way to where it's really tough and it never or it doesn't bounce back right away. On the flip side, what if you see the lower tier um, 
I don't want to say lower tier people, but economics wise, if you see lower income people almost starting to be able to reclaim it, like not as many big ticket people are buying all the lower bowl seats. So they have to start selling everything for cheaper to get people to go. So people who have held like, like how Las Vegas or Los Angeles, they sell you a package where you have to buy the rights to buy season tickets, you know, which is so stupid. Right. Right. So what if people decide I'm not doing that anymore? So now they have to get rid of that. And now kind of the, the common man finally has a chance to go to games again. And that's how they entice people back. So people are taking advantage of the fact that I never used to be able to afford or be able to go to a Packers game, but now it's like the cost of what it was in the eighties. So I'm back. And same with Disney. Maybe it's not, you know, $2,000 to take your kids there anymore. Maybe it, it becomes a little bit more reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think one thing that you're saying is leading to a thought I had was the regionality of the reactions. You brought up Lambo. Mm, I kind of think Lambo people won't give a rip. You know, right. they're pretty tough people up there. They'll they'll all pack in like sardines and go to a game. Um, there might be other places in the country that's like, oh my gosh, no way! I'm never I'm never going to a game again ever. You know, well, that was Jacksonville gonna... fans even before. The <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Except that one year they were good, like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I think there's going to be some interesting regionality reactions, like I said. And, um, I mean, as if we need anything else to separate us as a culture and politically and yada, yada. Um, I think this is going to provide a, a deeper chasm in certain places. I'm wondering if, <clears throat> you know, I think we're going to stay divided. But are you going to see some lines kind of change after all this? Like people who were liberal and wanted more bureaucracy and wanted more central government, they get a taste of it and they're like, the hell with this. Mm-hmm. Or you have some people who maybe were more libertarian and they are like, man, I'd have been screwed if it hadn't been for the, the big government. So I'm coming mm-hmm. back. So are you going to see some of the blurring of the lines and maybe some redistricting as it were on how people come out of this and which way they lean politically? Yeah, I was going to say, there could be a lot more libertarians coming out, or that people realizing that they are libertarians, I guess, if they don't like too much big government. I mean, there's there's a sure. good buddy of mine who we had some talks early on when this first started happening, and he's he's more progressive, and he was all for the shutdown, and he was like, you know, this is a good thing, and the government's got this handled, and I don't believe anything that's coming from Fox News and any of that but he's also a small business owner, and he was heavily tied into sports. He was heavily tied into events with big crowds, and he's just got, in the manner of two weeks, he had everything lined up to have a great year and just got crushed to where mm-hmm. now all of a sudden he's almost more farther to the right than me on talking about we got to open these things back up and what the hell's going on, and I don't believe anything com- that comes out of a, a politician's mouth. You know, it's just crazy mm-hmm. how circumstances— and. I can tell even among my friends, the ones who are being affected by this more than others, especially when it comes to their jobs, their outlooks on we need to keep it shut down versus we need to open it back up. Yeah. And it's funny you say that as, as we are recording this, I think Trump is had a news conference uh, when we started this. So when we're done here, the world might be changing again because it was sort of alluding to him opening up things. So there could be a whole new world of law of rules, I should say, um, 
when we're done with this, it might be interesting. So this to see totally might happen. be irrelevant, <laughs> right? Yeah, if we're going to scrap this up to this point. <laughs> so I was wanting to pose the question of of what ifs. Mm-hmm. Um, what and, and this is kind of for for the you and I people with kids. What if there were no screens? You know, no mm-hmm. no iPads. Um, and and, vir- and and I would say virtually no. You know, you might have some VHS tapes to watch. Right. You know, a few things for your kids. That screen's fine, but but no no phones, no iPads. I having older kids would love to have thought what my kids would have done with that time. Because it's it's an easy default. Eh, it, I'll check it Instagram. It is very much. Um and we it's a struggle. It is a struggle to not give in to that and just let your kid like, Hey, here's your tablet. Go, go play or play some games or, um, to not just plop them down in front of the TV. Now, um, when my wife and I were both working from home during the beginning of this, we had to default that a little bit more because there, you know, you just, you had to do something to find it. You know, we can only tag off so many times, but, uh, my wife's still work, able to work a lot more, but since I have a lot more free time, um, you know, I'm able to get down and play with them. And I keep trying to remind myself during this, you know, enjoy this time because they're both young. Yeah. When am I ever going to have a six-week span? Hopefully I don't have a lot of six-week spans where I'm stuck at home without a job. Um, but, you know, during this time, you're just enjoying it. But occasionally you do need that screen just to either have them learn, like there's some some fun apps, some games that they can do, or... My youngest, my one-year-old, is now infatuated with Sesame Street. So the first thing she, she used to say, Daddy, when I would go in and get her in the morning, now she says, Elmo, which means <laughs> take me down and turn on Elmo. So <laughs> I've been replaced. Um, you know, so it's it's good. But I could, I've seen with them, they even start to get tired of it. Like, it's been on, around so much. Like, they're just like, let's go play a game. Let's do, let's draw yeah, on the chalkboard. Good. So um, yeah. I think... Like with anything, if you didn't, if the screens were taken away, you would, you would miss them, you know, desperately. But what, back, back in the day, if you didn't have screens, I think you probably could have got by. So what would 14, 15 year old Matt have done in a time like this? And basically you can kind of relate it to winter time here mm-hmm. in the Midwest. You know, you kind of didn't see your friends as often, kind of stuck at home with mom or dad or whatever. Now, see, 14, 15-year-old um, me would have had a real struggle because I was that's, that was right around the time that AOL was coming out. So I did have a computer. Um, I played a lot of Nintendo. and so That would have been Super sure. Nintendo, maybe early PlayStation. Uh, played that. And then my core group of friends that I'm still friends with now, we all lived in the same two neighborhoods. And so if we weren't allowed to hang out with each other, Right. And we weren't allowed to go out. I mean, my mom and I probably would have gone insane yeah. because there, yeah. there there was only so much. Because I, I would read, but I'd, I would have read every one of my books by now. And, you know, if you think about it, like as, even as an adult, I use my phone more for just like researching random Wikipedia stuff or right. or yeah. looking at the news of the day. If you had to wait for the, the newspaper to come or anything like that, you'd have been it would have been so boring. So you would have read all the Hardy Boys, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd have solved every and some I mean, Nancy Drew. There's, there's yeah. a lot of those. I'd even I would have even dipped back into Encyclopedia Brown, you know, just to <laughs> to see the uh, you know some choose your own adventure. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that would have been tough. I think back, and I I mean, because I had a younger sister, 
And um, not that I, you know, I didn't play with her. She's just four years younger, so she was into dolls or whatever. And I would have, you know, played Legos. I had, like, um, you know, little trucks that had a batteries. I remember I'd be like, all right, these take double-A uh, batteries. Well, I'll rig it with a 9-volt. Mm-hmm. And it would go even faster. You know, just that's what I would do. And I kind of wish my kids had a little bit of that time to find a little creativity that's probably in there, but it just doesn't ever get to come out because of the phone. And, you know, like I said, my my youngest, I'm, we're having fun. We, you know, they still like to pretend. So, you know, we got a box and they fill it. They make a boat out of it. Or we go upstairs and we play with their yeah, stuffed animals. Yeah. and. And do all that kind of fun stuff. And I try to, to make time to have that fun playtime with them. Or my oldest is now into um, Phineas and Ferb, like hardcore, uh-huh, and right. loves yeah. Perry the Platypus. The Easter yeah. Bunny brought her a Perry the Platypus shirt. It's like a big face. And then she wears a fedora yeah. uh, and pretends to be Perry. And I have to be Doofenshmirtz, which basically means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it starts with that. And then it's, yeah. oh, Perry the Platypus, you're here. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what are you doing here, Perry? And so it's like going back and forth. That, and I have to lay out like I have to come up with what my evil scheme was. And then mm-hmm. she comes over and just punches me in the gut. And then I say, curse you, Perry the Platypus. And then we start again. And we do that for hours on end. But she loves and it. it. You, and usually you would come up with the invisibility innator. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Something exactly. Like that, There's right? some innator yeah. that I have to. I've stolen all the sausages in the tri-state area. <laughs> yes. I'll throw out tri-state area at home now and then just for fun. <laughs> so, yeah. And then occasionally I'll say, well, how about, how, can I be Perry or can I be Ferb? You know, somebody who doesn't talk and you, no, daddy, you can't do that. You have to do <laughs> No it. day. Yeah. I'm sure you get, you should, you should chalk up a week's worth. How many no daddies did I get this week? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I'd, I'd be set for life. I would have my stash, you know, my, my stockpile of no daddies, you know, for any future pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, for for life, if I counted all those up. Yeah, Danica Patrick, uh, eat your heart, eat your heart out, Matt. <laughs> it has no daddy. Okay, <laughs> spokesman. That's a little, uh, a little obscure. <laughs> you know that, but that's what our show was noted was notif- mm-hmm. uh, notable for. Um, sure. Your daughter. You told me the other day. You texted me and said your daughter asked you what would our our sports show had been like. You know, if we were doing it now with no sports going on, and I think we both had the same thought, like it would really wouldn't have changed much. Yeah, not a whole lot, really. Um, it, it, it was w- only it sp- would have been it would have been fun to do a show at this time. Oh yeah, because there's, there's there's you know there's little nuggets of the NFL come out. Uh, you know, the, apparently the draft is still happening. What next week is it? I think so. Yeah, um, they're doing it virtually. There, there's little things that we could just mention and move on from. You know. Well, we were the only sports talk where sports was in quotes. Yes, yes. Yeah, less sports, more talk. We should have had a uh, a little bumper that said, no one's paying you to talk about sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were barely paying us to begin with. Yeah, that's uh, correct. That is correct. So I was kind of thinking, you know, to, to you know, go away from Corona for a second, just uh, when we were talking about kids and, and what it was, you know, like when we were kids. Um what are some things that you miss from being a kid that you wish your ki- your kids could experience? There were three that immediately came, and I'm, I'm guessing none of mine are on your list, and not just because of our age difference. Yeah, I mean, what are we, uh, six years apart? Yeah. Something like that, somewhere in there. Um, well, I mean, come off the top of my head is, I mean, I was an outdoor kid. I mean, mm-hmm. if the weather was good, I was outdoor playing, 
Um, and I had my neighborhood friends. My kids, I don't want to say barely go outside because one of them will take bike rides up to the, we live near a lake. It's got a nice little park. They'll hang out there. Um, but they're not real outdoor kids in general. And you can't really force that, but I kind of wish they would have appreciated it like I do. Right. Um, and I, I don't know. I'd have to think about some more. So you, you go ahead and give me a couple of yours. So one of mine is I wish that they could experience Saturday morning cartoons. Mm, yeah. You know, the, the fact one. that now it's 24 hours a day, you know, the entire network's dedicated Cartoon to Cartoon Network. I know. They, yeah. <laughs> they've ruined yeah. it. And it's, yeah. you know, and now it's on demand, everything. But looking yeah. forward to Saturday mornings, and that made Saturday different than any other day you got up. And that was the day that, as a kid, you got the TV, you know, meet the press and all that was the next. MASH mm-hmm. was, was tomorrow. But today mm-hmm. it was, yeah. you know, Scooby-Doo and Gummy Bears and all that. So that um, animatronics characters at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, okay. Because, right. you know, they were a little bit scary, but a little bit realistic, kind of like the Muppets. And it's been a while since I've been in one. They don't have any animatronics there anymore? No, there were some hanging on. I've been to, I'd like to say I've, I've hit a, uh, uh, my fair share of Chuck E. Cheese's across this great nation. And, and it's just about games now? Is that It's about games, and some, some of them have, like most of them have the live Chucky who comes out and throws tickets in the air and, and scares uh, the kids. Okay. Right. But uh, sure. other than that, like when they do their music shows, it's all just the TVs. But I think what they've figured out is if you're sitting there watching Chucky, you're not in the game room spinning money. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they, it's all they've about done the away. dollar. Uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, and now they don't even, now they don't give you tokens anymore. It's it's a whole, it's a sham. So bring back the animatronics. On, on that note, now granted having girls, both of us, it's funny that between the two of us we have four girls, but um, the excitement of walking in an arcade mm-hmm. as as a boy, as a teenage boy, or even, you know, 12, 13, whatever, that was pretty cool. Our kids are never going to have no. that. You know? and. Part of that too, like I don't, I, I grew up in arcades. I worked in an arcade, but oh, when that's I was, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was younger, like I'd say ten, twelve, uh, you know, and we would go to the mall. My mom would drop me off at the like, drop here's twenty, go go to the arcade. I'm gonna go shop. That's unheard. Like you'd probably be arrested now if you dropped your kids off at an arcade. One because the likelihood that it's some fake arcade and it's actually just some like uh, people moving scheme is yeah, is yeah, likely. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, you know that that's a an experience that they're probably never going to get. I think I found I thought of a good one, and you're gonna you're gonna go at first. Eh, um, I wish my kids and they did experience it a little, um, but not the way I did. But a true full on weekend long family reunion. Oh yeah, my family had a really great camping family reunion every year. Usually it was the first weekend of October. And my kids maybe experienced a Sunday afternoon with as it as that was, you know, people were aging and it was kind of about over when they were young. They probably barely remember it. Um, but that those some of my best memories are long weekends with my cousins and aunts yeah. and uncles and doing all. I mean, it's like it was like this. 50, 60 hours of just nonstop activity. Yep. that you just don't get anywhere else, or I haven't gotten any. And there's a there's a weird life. camaraderie. I mean, even among extended yeah. family, it's like we're family, so we can we can get away with a bunch of this stuff. 
And back then, to your point earlier about the whole let you go, I mean, we just we were just at a state park, you know, camping at a state park, and it was like, all right, let's get the cousins and go. Yeah. You know, we know when to be back for dinner, and we always were, but we had the freedom. It was just the freedom to do whatever the heck you want, and my kids definitely have never experienced that. And it's weird. I, I now get to see my kids go through what I used to go through when you, you know, when you're younger and you first go to a family reunion and there's those great aunts, great uncles that you see once a year and you're just like, who the hell is that? Right. And there's yeah. that weird, and they talk to you like, oh my God, I remember when you were just a baby and you're like, I don't know who you are. Right. Um, yeah. But, you know, your parents, you see them all getting along because that's their aunts, their uncles, and they grew up with them. And now I'm starting to see my kids go through that where I'm around my aunts and uncles and people I grew up with and people I'm really close to, and they don't have that bond yet. And so it's almost like an aha moment, like when you first realize, when you start to, to see things from your through your kids' eyes and through your parents' eyes, how different things are. And it's just mm-hmm. just very bizarre. I mean, and we're definitely, you know, we're only six years apart, but our kids are what your youngest is. 16. And my oldest is four. Yeah, so, we're liter- yeah, kid-wise, we're 15 years apart. Yeah. So that's a dang near a generation. So so here's yeah. a weird one, and this this would be one that I think you would criticize me for back when we used to do a show. But one Gladly. thing I wish— yes. <laughs> it's like— <laughs> It's like slipping into a comfortable pair of pants um, is I wish that my kids could grow up in a world where Pluto was still a planet. Okay. Because there's just something that's not right. It feels incomplete to say that Neptune is the last planet. I don't know. It's it's like not getting the last chapter of a book. Is it more of they took away knowledge that they taught you and there's something, you know, kind of like, as we said, big government in a way. Yeah. You know, somebody out there took away, they lied to me, They're, basically. Yeah, you you can't tell me that it's not a planet. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah so it's, there's, big... it's like, kind of like the, the whole carry the one thing, or what do they call common core that they teach now. Yeah, That's like completely thing, different yeah. than how we were taught math. Uh, but no, I want my kids to live in a world where Pluto is a, is a planet, not some dwarf planet, not whatever... Yeah whatever change up, you know, weird word they're calling it now. It's a planet. In this house, it's a planet. Well, and I would argue that it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> it's just... Uh, That's kind of the stance I figured you'd take. Yeah. You know what? I used to think that, to, to uh, you know, answering your question here again, continuing to, um, I kind of wish my kids could have discovered music the way I did. Mm-hmm. And it was usually from your friends... Or a sibling, which my sibling was younger, like I said, so she wouldn't teach me anything. But um, you learn from other people. You learn from radio. And me and a buddy would go down to a pawn shop and see what cassettes got. We would just go, oh, this might be cool. You know, it's a dollar. And you discover stuff that way. And I thought, oh, my kids will never discover stuff, but they got everything in their pocket. And it's kind of wild how well they do discover stuff, having a pocket full of all the world's music ever. Um, Because they'll show, hey, Dad, I think you'll like this. Hey, I think you'll like this. So I think, and maybe that might be a function of them getting older and having better taste in music and they're more comfortable with who they are. So So they do that. So I used to think it would be, the way I did it was cool. Eh, I guess it all, it's how you approach it. Um, you know, I'd listen to my dad's record collection, you know. I'd discover who's this, you know. I'd mm-hmm. just throw on the record. 
um, they can do it with a little bit better. Um, they don't waste as much time finding right. music. It's like skip, skip. What's this one? Do, do, do. You know, they didn't have to wait till next week when you could go when your mom would drop you off at the mall to find an album. You now, know? see, I don't like the fact that all that skipping, and I was never good with that privilege of being able to skip. Like once CDs and mini discs and all that came around, that almost ruined me for music because. There were a lot of tracks on albums and everything that I just never listened to. I'd have my favorites and I'd doop, 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 you know, skip to those. Um, And that's one of the things that was on my list that I I wish my kids would embrace. And I think my oldest kind of will, because she's like me, she's a collector. Um, Physical media is, I liked owning the cassettes. I liked going out and getting DVDs and being able to see them all and VHS tapes and CDs. And it's just not the same. Like when you would go to a store and you'd buy a new DVD or a new CD and you'd bring it home and you'd pop it in and all that. That just seemed to mean more than boop, boop, download it. It's on my iPod now. It's on my wake phone up, now. And, you, you, you wake up Friday. Oh, there it is. Yeah. yeah. Or stay up till midnight and listen to it. No, mm-hmm. I had to I had to go to the discount den at Purdue and buy that album at midnight. Yeah. Bring it back to my dorm room or wherever and listen to it. And headphones, so I didn't, you know. So, yeah. It was different, but uh, you know, at the, at the end of the day, you're 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 throwing your fist at the clouds, you know, yeah. and uh, it's not the best look. <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of got that pose down. That's uh, I go yeah. out there. That's like one of my yoga stretches is going get the fist up and and find a cloud worth yelling at. So, what have you personally been doing different? You know, n- not kid related. Um, you know, are you watching, are you streaming stuff? Are you playing certain games? Are you reading a book? You know, what kind of things have you been up to? Uh, I've definitely been reading more. I mean, I've okay. always enjoyed reading, um, especially novels, like for entertainment purposes, Stephen King, a lot of that kind of just mindless, throw yourself into a, a world type of thing. I've been writing a lot more, which is something I've been wanting to do. I've, I've always, my aspiration has always been to become a writer. Like if I could just write and podcast, that would be, you know, if people paid people to do that for a living, that, mm-hmm. that would be my dream job. Um, so I've actually written two children's book manuscripts. I'm, I'm halfway through my third and, and I'm doing this because I want to work up to writing a novel. So I'm just kind of getting the juices flowing. And, um, I found that because I'm not having to be creative for other people as a job, I'm able to mm-hmm. just kind of do the things that I want to, so, sure. um, you know, I hadn't done a podcast in nine months and, and I'm recording this one with you now, which I've been wanting to do forever. And, um, I think I'm recording another one tomorrow. So that'll be three in the span of a week that I've recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, like, you know, with writing and all that. So it's just been, it's been nice to, to do some things I want to do for me, some projects I want to do. Yeah. Do you have a safe space in the house that you can do those things? No. No, I, every, okay. I, I barely like within my own body. And even that's somewhat is, is like my only space that's mine <laughs> in this house. Everything else is I'm sharing with somebody. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't have that big of a house and even watching TV, I can't watch, I barely watched any TV in the last month, which is crazy. Um, cause where my, where the couch and chair are and the TVs, yes, it's across from that. It's basically a hallway. Mm-hmm. in between so it's not like it's not a very private area i don't have like a private area to watch tv so i'm like that's out um the one thing i have been doing which you'll laugh at is i picked up uh i turned on the old nintendo wii 
Yeah. And I've been playing um, Tiger Woods golf. And, Which uh, year? Is it 09? Uh, 10. 10. 10? I think I've yeah. got 9, but I don't. I, if the servers were still on, I would play you on that because I think there's a... But Those I think they shut the servers on? off. It. Oh man, I was I asked a buddy about that if he wanted to play online. I didn't know if it was happening. So let or me not. I'll check that out after we're done this. I'll check and see which one I have. If if they still have those servers up, I'll play around with you because yeah, uh, yeah. I I pulled out that we actually pulled out the old Wii Fit. Okay. Remember that? Yeah, got yeah. The, they got oh, the yeah. kids loving that and uh um yeah, it's you know so what? Like, I, you were never a big video gamer. That's that's interesting that you pulled that out. No, I mean just Mario Kart stuff. I mean that was very basic. If anything, I would do, and it was usually with the kids as they were growing up. Um, but I, you know, I, you know me again. I'm, I'm I'm annoyingly practical. It's probably not annoyingly or obnoxiously practical. Um, and playing 18 holes of golf just isn't my thing, mm-hmm. you know, because it's about a five to six hour commitment. You know the getting yourself ready, getting your clubs clean, driving to the course, the over four hours of playing, and then the da-da-da and coming home. It's a long process. You know, you go on the Nintendo Wii, I don't know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes tops. It's fantastic. And even 2010 graphics aren't too bad. Um, no, I've, I've been surprised. playing Wii Sports Resort uh, with the Frisbee dog. I've been killing that thing. And I might do that, too. I might pull out some other stuff. I don't know. We'll see. No, we'll see. So, it just, I mean, because you're still working a pretty much your normal schedule, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, I, I come in in the afternoons and, e- and work until the evenings, but I'm much more efficient with no one around to for me to bother or for anyone else to bother me. So for so your office, efficient. have they staggered kind of when people are supposed to come in, or did you do that voluntarily? Um, I, 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 I didn't want them to tell me I couldn't work. So ah, I said, I'll just come in the afternoon. And I think, and I have to, what I do is I have, has to be tied into the local um, computer system, so I can't mm-hmm. really do it remotely. Um, so it's been this way for, I don't know, two to three weeks, and it seems to be working, so... Um, as long as no one on the show in the building gets it, we'll be fine. Fingers crossed. So, yeah. Well, your your boss gonna... is a notorious germaphobe, so. Oh my God, he's the worst germaphobe for sure. This is this is um, like his apocalypse. Yes, yes. Uh, before we go, one other thing I was going to mention, and I don't know if you were like me, but I had this weird realization the other day because somebody I don't know if I was on the phone with a friend or what. Um, I I think I was on my iPad. And I also am like, oh, I don't know what's uh, what's up on that date. And I went to the calendar app, and I was like, I haven't opened this in what feels like a month. Mm-hmm. And it was something I would check when I get up, you know, to eat breakfast. I'm like, oh yeah, what else do I got? Oh crap, I got a dentist appointment. Whatever it might be. And then maybe at night, sometime the hour before you go to bed, you check it and you go, oh, what's tomorrow? You know, it was part of my daily life. And there was just this weird, I remember hitting it and going, what is this? <laughs> it's, it's like this big, the screen opens up like it's a big warm hug. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, hey, easy, easy. We're not that close. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We're, we're not that back to that point yet. No, and that's, it's funny you mentioned that because that's what happened. And I, I hate that I have to shame myself on, on the show like this. But I missed your birthday the other day because yeah, right. normally I religiously check my calendar. And I'm just, I'm not on email. I'm not opening my, my calendar. Anything that I typically would do for work, I didn't open it. And I just happened to do it the day after. I was like, oh, crap. You know, how, 
Because normally I'm usually the first on Facebook or the first to send a text or call or somebody when it's their birthday. Mm-hmm. And I felt so bad because I was like, how did I miss this? And yeah, it's just because I'm out of that routine and like email. I barely check my email anymore. I live on email. Yeah, like I yeah. probably at least 60 a day I'm sending to people. Mm. And now mm. I, I barely open it up. Right. Um, you know, sports I, we, we talked about earlier. It's, I almost equate it to, it's like a, a refrigeration noise or white noise in the background that it's there. But as soon as it gets turned off, you notice that it's gone. Mm-hmm. But then after oh, yeah. a while, that becomes like your new normal. Mm-hmm. When sports first went away, I was like freaking out because I would always read about it. Or I'd turn on ESPN and see what was new on CBS Sports or any of that or have it on in the background of the TV. And so the first two weeks were like, oh, my God, I'm missing so much. I mean, what do I read about? What's going on in the world of sports? And now I don't go to any of those sites. And it's the worry is that when something's gone long enough, you stop missing it. And then when it comes back, you're like, eh, all right, maybe I don't need to catch that game or I don't really care. And so are some of these things going to happen? It, it very well could. Um, but it could also be alternatively when they are back, it's going to be those first few games. Tickets are going to be so sought after. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I'm usually I usually run. I'm usually on the side of I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen. I can't wait to see Trump on the mound of the opening day with no crowd <laughs> throwing throw it, firing in the opening first pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I'm not sure he can throw a ball. That's for sure. That's, that's <laughs> he'll, something. He'll bring he'll, Ivanka or Kushner and they'll come Obama out. Obama and Bush could both, both throw a, a baseball pretty well. I don't know yeah. about Trump. I don't know if he's ever thrown, you know, him and, him and, him and Trump Jr., you know, on Fifth uh, Avenue with right. their with their mitts, you know, throwing around. I don't think that ever happened. Fired in here again. <laughs> that was great. That was probably the best. That was the best throw you've ever done. People told me, but I wasn't paying attention, but people said that was the best. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining it. I know uh, it took a pandemic and us being shut inside to, uh, to finally make it happen, but uh, let's uh, see if we can get you on again soon. Yeah, we can uh, definitely when sports come back, that's for sure. Uh, or yeah. the next pandemic. Is, yeah. is when I'll be <laughs> we'll back. see you in 100 years. <laughs> yes. Let's hope, let's hope it's not that long. Good Lord. <laughs> well, if it is, then that means neither you or I caught it. Yeah. So. No, it was great to see you, and it was great to chat as well. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care.